Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Fireside Politics. I'm joined today with my friend, co-host, Nick, to for another return to our segment, This Week in Review, who's Nick informed me that this name is popularly used around the internet, multiple This Week in Reviews series by various news organizations. So can't let me have anything, this guy. Always got to find some hole to poke, some finger to thrust somewhere. Hey, Steve, I'm here to support you, uh, even though that metaphor was disgusting, what you just said. <laughs> but you know what? I'm here for you. And uh, yeah, let's chat about what happened at the RNC. What were your thoughts on uh, Trump's speech and I guess the week as a whole? Oh, wow. Passing, passing the torch back to me. So I actually watched more of the RNC than I did the DNC. And it was kind of what I had suspected it would be like mentioned last, on last week's episode. It was going to be a Republican hype fest. There was going to be a lot of the same narrative that we've heard. I think the point that I brought up last time was Trump and the Republican Party tend to just say, you know, incite positive reactions from people by the way that they speak and the and the way that they communicate the issues, the policies, and it was a lot of that. Um, I think they had some very interesting speakers. I recall, I think it was night one where they invited the couple, I forget what state it was, who defended their home. Oh yeah, the with, iconic uh, picture outside the house. The iconic. wife had her, I think she had her finger on the trigger of the gun. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah, but they they had them speak. Um, I thought the headline, it was couple who defends home from protesters. I think that was roughly what the headline was, at least on one of the one of the live streams. But very polarizing, very interesting. I don't know, man. It's a lot to really digest and unpack. And even though it ended on Thursday, I'm still I'm still struggling to organize myself around it. What were what were your thoughts, Nick? I'm curious. You've you're very <laughs> loud about these types of things. Hey, sure. So honestly, I think I think it addressed a couple of key things. I mean, one of the big weaknesses of Trump, all the rhetoric saying that he's strong on this, strong on that, he's very weak on race relations. And that's something the Democrats sort of pounced on during their convention and something that Trump and the RNC tried to shore up during theirs, where they brought on a bunch of uh, different speakers who had known Trump over the years who were African-American males. And they said, hey, Trump is a really good guy. I wouldn't be friends with him if he was a racist. There's absolutely no way. Um, and so they tried to sort of salvage that throughout the week. But still, you're not really seeing that bump up in the polls and because that's been the narrative that he's racist, xenophobic, et cetera, um, over the past like four years consistently, I don't think one week is magically going to turn that around. Um, so I think the convention went as well as it could, but I don't think it's going to be any sort of major about face or change uh, for Trump and his favorability heading into this election. Yeah, that's a good point, Nick. And I definitely agree with you. I think to your point, you know, him being a xenophobe, uh, being racist, not having, you know, a good race relations that that's nothing new we've known that's been his his presidency presidency excuse me since since he began and i think that's a kind of a lot of to your point of why you know we're not really seeing any major movement in the polls nothing new came from this i mean it's it's what we expected trump to say i mean you know he again it's the same rhetoric that we've heard he's making these you know very positive statements about how much he's done he doesn't talk about you know he always phrase frames it in you know I, I, you know, if I hadn't done what I did, it would have been far worse. And like, for example, one thing I thought that was interesting was about the pandemic. The whole speech he refers to the pandemic in the past tense. Hmm. Good point. And I don't, you know, I, I don't know if that's something that everyone would pick up, but it's, you know, he's putting it behind them. He's indicating it as a win. He's really, you know, I think we've we've had a, you know, the 
the daily conferences, if you will, have sort of ceased to, you know, to exist. And not to get too into that, but I, again, it's just, you know, a lot of the same themes, a lot of the same rhetoric we've heard from him. And I think, you know, it doesn't really have that much of an impact on, you know, on those swing voters at this point. Because sure. I think really that's who you're hoping to turn with, you know, the RNC and the DNC. Get those people, the independents, those still in the middle. Sure. But honestly, I think more than that, I think it's just reminding people who do support the president to go out and vote for him uh, in a couple months' time. And on that end, I think he did a really good job, actually. Got a handed to him for saying, hey, here are the main things that you voted me in for, which was trade deals, border security, and ending endless wars in the Middle East and trying to shore things up. Now, you could argue about all those points, but um, Trump has done a lot of what he said he was going to do. And so just reminding right. people of that fact, I think sort of brings you to the table to say, yeah, you know what? I should vote for you again because that's why I voted for you four years ago. And if those are still your main concerns, you should vote for the guy again. However, if things have changed over these past four years for you and you have different priorities, then maybe he won't be such a strong candidate. But as long as border security, um, trade deals, and just jobs are the biggest things on the table, then he should perform pretty well. And we can see that in the president's approval ratings over the past four years, uh, where 538 does a great job of trending all the different approval polls that have taken place um, over the past 50 years for all of our presidents in the United States. And it shows that Trump, even though he's polling below every single other president, you'll see that he's incredibly consistent in his polling numbers and his approval ratings. So I'm sure his base is going to be consistent and it's going to come out and vote for him on election day. Yeah, great. Yeah, great analysis, Nick. I, yeah, I can't, I can't really poke at anything that you've said. That's a really good point. Well, hey, try to poke at something. Surely, surely there must be. I mean, you were saying it was, uh, oh, what was this convention? Uh, they didn't do anything. I think they did a good job, but what was your beef with it? Well, I, you know, I, I don't have a beef with it. I really kind of, I try to go in with more of an open mind and really putting myself in, you know, trying to think about as a Trump supporter, what were the types of things I wanted to say? And I think they checked all the boxes. I mean, to your point of all those issues that Trump really touted as doing, exceeding the country's expectations for, I mean, they brought in several pretty key speakers, not politically, you know, uh, affiliated, you know, more personal testimonies from people that Trump is- Dana White, the of, UFC, yeah. Oh my God, who, who, who Trump's kind of directly helped. And I think it was pretty classy. I forget what night it was where the, the RNC cut to this segment where Trump was swearing in, you know, about a half dozen new citizens to the United States, all, you know, all immigrants. So, you know, I've always kind of admired the Trump campaign for that. They're very well, they do a, a phenomenal job at really taking Trump's message and then embellishing it, throwing in the testimonies, you know, getting Trump, you know, in the right places to, you know, to make a statement. Um, and I think part of that too is even having his speech you know, in front of the White House. I mean, that has been never been done before. And he, I, I'm, I, I'm trying, I, you know, you can jam me up for this. I'm trying to find the quote. Yes. So Trump even comes out and, and says, you know, a loop points back to the White House and says, the fact is I'm here. What's the name of that building? And then he follows that by saying, we're here and they're not. So, I mean, it was, you know, I just think people were just expecting it to go, you know, how it was going to go. And it was exactly that, you know, Trump's here, he's in the office, the Republicans are here. This is all the great things that they've done. This is what the Democrats are not doing. You know, I've, you know, vote for me on November 3rd. That's a really good point. And I think one of the 
he he used a little bit of rhetoric that I kind of liked, which was he said, "How can the Dems expect to lead our country when they spend so much time tearing us apart, tearing down this country? They see a wicked nation that must be punished for its sins, and they say redemption can only come from giving power to them." And then Trump says, "We don't turn to government to restore our souls; we put our faith in the Almighty God." And that, to me, um, sort of shored up the fact that. Even though the Dems are making this push at the DNC to say, I mean, they included a God in a lot of what they were doing. Joe referenced uh, his religion a lot of times during his speech, as did a lot of the other speakers. However, the RNC comes out and says, well, look at the Democrats. They're a bunch of pretenders. They're a bunch of fakes. Um, we're the party of God. We're the party. Right. But I, I think. To... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think the distinction there, though, is. From the at, the at the DNC, the Democratic view when they allude to religion is that you know we all share this common ground of believing in something, believing in a God, regardless hey, of what, if what we don't, dude. that God takes. And if you don't, well, I guess we're just kind of left out. <laughs> all the agnostics, all the atheists, you got no place in America. <laughs> but then you look at the RNC, and you know it, it's again, it's they're calling specifically to their base, and who is their base? You know, Christian whites. In America, you know, more pro on the life as well. Side. I think pro that's part life. of it. Well, of course, that ties in with the strong Christian beliefs, um, at least you know on the right wing side of things, the conservative side of Christianity. But yeah, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, that was interesting. I think at one point too, he called out Jesus Christ or someone during the convention explicitly said, you know, Jesus's name, and I thought that was interesting because, again, to your point, it's like, all right, they're being very specific with the type, you know, the God that they're. You know, bringing into this, and yeah. I don't know. You know, whether you think that poly, you know, religion. Oh shit! Hey everyone, sorry about that technical uh, difficulty. Without losing a beat, though, I'm going to pass it back to Nick. Nick, let's bring this ship into port. Give me your analysis of the RNC. What, what what's your impression coming uh, coming out of this? Sure. So, closing thoughts. I think for an event that really hyped up, this is going to be the election of a lifetime. This will be the defining moment of American history where we either continue along pursuing our destiny of greatness or we shy away from it and go down this leftist pipe dream. I think for all the times that they fucking said that, ultimately, I came away from the conference and was thinking they really haven't framed anything as, you know, this is your life on the line. They didn't do anything like that. They didn't make it seem like this is the most important election. I mean, they verbatim said this is the most important election, but not a single one of the issues that they touched on made it seem like that was actually the case. So even mm -hmm. though I think they're very great at presenting uh, their message, ultimately their examples and their appeal to voters, I think just as far as like this being the apocalypse, the end of the world, even though some of us may internally have that feeling, I feel like the RNC did not articulate that well. And therefore, the convention as a whole, I think, may give Trump a slight 1% or 2% boost in the polls, but it's not going to be enough to push him over the top. I think we're going to have to see what happens with the debate. Yeah, Nick, great. I agree with you. And I think just to add on to that quickly, I think it comes back to the, the message of the campaign. And I think his campaign, this go-around, has really struggled to differentiate what their message is. I mean, they're just going with a lot of the same themes they ran on in 2016, a lot of what we've been hearing for the last four years. And there's really not more to that other than saying, you know, to your point, is this the greatest election in American history? I don't know. You're not, I'm not really getting a strong feeling either way. And I think that's illustrated by 
how they how Trump attacked Biden during his speech, calling him both a status quo Democrat and also, on the other hand, calling him a radical progressive of the left. I mean, those are two completely different ways of describing Biden, and it doesn't really give you a you know you know what are you really coming at him against? And I think that kind of highlights as well the greater theme to which you mentioned that you know there's not a, the message is is there, but is it that strong? I don't know. We'll have to see if he manages to really make it you know, impactful for every American come the debate, which I'm looking forward to, man. That's going to be great. Yeah, no, absolutely. When, when he talks so much about making the country great again, I think one of the best things we're going to see out of this is finally having an interesting presidential debate again. Oh man, some good primetime TV. Cannot hate him on that. He knows how to play the, <laughs> play the cable. Absolutely. And on that note, Steve, any, any closing thoughts? Guys, hit us up on uh, Twitter at Fireside Politic with the C. We're getting pretty active on there this week. There's a lot of juicy news that we've been posting about. More is sure to come. So uh, check us out on there. And with that, uh, have a great rest of your week. <laughs>